0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Porter here on 970 WDAY. Good afternoon, Natil. How are you?
1: Fabulous. There's a group of school-age kids hanging outside the radio studio right now. I don't know if they can hear me saying hello to them or not, but hi, radio kids. Say hello to them for me, too. Well, can't that's awesome. They can hear us because they're behind the glass. That's.
0: I love school. I love field trips like that when I was a kid.
1: It's pretty cool. Usually they get to come inside the studio here a little bit, but there's so many of them they won't fit.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I I like going on field trips because it meant I didn't have to sit in the classroom anymore. That's what I liked about it.
1: Did you have a hard time with classroom days? I did. Um,
0: you know, I mean, I've, I've always been a reader, but I, I think the problem was that I get really bored with, I have a hard time listening to instruction, right? I don't, I don't really like even videos like if somebody's showing me a video or something on the internet i'm like skipping ahead like all right right, get to the point (laughs) um i I like to read a lot better like i'm very text orientated even to the point like like interviews or whatever i'll go like try to find the transcript instead of having to, to watch the video um i i don't know it's i'm i'm very weird like that so you know my problem is is like the teacher's talking and it's like you know I'd rather just read the textbook, right? And then I would read the textbook, and then I'd be way ahead of the textbook, and then I wouldn't be in the same place the rest of the class, and that was my problem in the classroom.
1: I was such a teacher's pet. I loved, I loved everything about school. I was
0: definitely not the teacher's pet. I spent a lot of room down, a lot of time down in the. I was the principal's pet, maybe.
1: Oh, geez, I don't. I think I only had to go to the principal's office once in my yeah. entire school career.
0: Yeah, I once went once in the first week. So.
1: Well, there you go.
0: <laughs> That's a story for another show. All right uh, coming up Congressman Kevin Kramer joins us for our weekly segment. man is there a lot to talk about Washington DC is in flipping chaos right now We're any hour now there's got to be like another bombshell that that breaks, right I mean we had people protesting the, the the Turkish leader were beaten on the streets of Washington DC by a security detail. We've got all sorts of accusations that Trump was asking Comey uh, to call off. Uh, the, the investigation of Michael Flynn. Um, I mean, it's, I don't know. I, you don't, you folks don't need me to recount it all for you, but I want to talk to Kramer about this, and I want to cut through, because the thing that a lot of the Republicans keep saying is that this is the media out to get Trump. This is Trump's political enemies out to get him. And I have no doubt that there's an element of that in this. I, I, I think that the, the media likes to hyperventilate, because, listen, Trump called him out right? I mean, Trump just flat out, he calls them fake news. He insults them. He's belligerent with them just right to their faces. And I think a lot of them got a chip on their shoulder about that. And I I think they're trying to send a message. You don't do that to us. Um, And so I, I think there's just some institutional bias to Trump in the media. I don't think there's any question, but I want to cut through some of that because there's just too much here. And I want to hear Kramer defend it Without sort of resorting to the oh well it's the media or resorting to well it's it's you know a political conspiracy against him. let's I, I want to cut through some of that so that's coming up here at one thirty you can certainly join in your phone number seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine email talk at WDAY.com. um all right so here's here's the thing too I want to address. Yeah, a letter to the editor today, and this has been this has been a long time fight going all the way back. It was in the 2016 cycle because the reforms passed in 2015. So, you know, I, I mean, this has been this has been a long term issue where Democrats have claimed that Republican cut taxes for the oil industry and that that's now costing the state money. Right. So basically, their argument is something akin to. North Dakota's budget situation was made worse because we were handing out, Republicans were handing out tax relief to the oil industry. I mean, they really, really want this to be a part of their platform in in the coming cycle. Although I would point out it didn't work out so well for them in the last election cycle. Um, But I digress. The the problem they're they're facing with this, this talking point is that it's not true. It's not true. That's not an ideological argument it's not a philosophical argument it's not a political argument or a partisan argument it's math it's just it's just not true. So anyway, every time the Democrats bring this up, I post about it and, and push back on it because I think what they're trying to do is to just keep repeating it over and over again and hope it just sort of ingrains itself in the public's consciousness. Right. Like like we're just going to plant this and then perception becomes reality. We're going to manufacture this perception because it's kind of a complex issue that's a little bit hard to understand. So we're going to c- try to create this false perception with the public and then hope that's the one that everybody believes. But it's it's not true. It's a lie. Everybody repeating it is lying. Um, here's here's the truth. So what what happened? And, and the reason why I'm bringing this up today, former state senator, Max Schneider, who, by the way, campaigned on this in the 2016 election cycle and lost? Campaigned not just on this, on other things too, but he lost. He's not in the legislature anymore. He writes in a letter to the editor today that I am spinning this like a rusty merry-go-round. Which I thought was actually kind of a nice metaphor, Natiel. I liked that. Spinning it like a rusty merry—I can—I can almost hear it in my ears. Nice, you know, nice use of phrasing, Senator Schneider, former Senator Schneider. Um, he says that if, if he says, I quote, "If the decision to permanently cut the oil extraction tax was in the best interest of North Dakota, then I wouldn't have to keep bringing the issue up." So here's, here's the problem though, is that I'm not the one who keeps bringing this up. Democrats keep making this claim, and I keep being forced to rebut them because what they're saying is not true. And part of my job is to point out when politicians say untrue things. Here's what actually passed during the 2015 session. Two things. First, the combined production and extraction tax that is levied on the oil industry in our state was lowered from 11.5% to 10%. If it's over $90 a barrel, it goes up to, yeah, from 11.5% to 10%. Um, And I think if it's over $90 a barrel, it goes to 11%. But regardless, for our purposes today, it's 10%. The other thing they did is they got rid of a massive trigger exemption where if oil prices go below a certain price, which it has been since January of 2016 when this policy was implemented, if oil prices go below a certain price, they don't pay the extraction tax at all, which would have put, I think, the effective tax rate at something like 6%. And so the Republicans did those two things. And the result has been, because the trigger would have been effect since January 2016, when this policy was implemented, the result has been roughly $600 million in additional taxes being paid. Because what the oil industry is paying is not the 6% rate, which would have been the result of the oil tax trigger, but rather the new the new rate, which is 10%. A significant tax increase. Hundreds of millions of dollars of additional revenue. Now what Democrats are saying is that, This change costs the state money and is contributing to the current budget shortfall. How can that be true when it has resulted in hundreds of millions of additional dollars per numbers from the Office of the State Tax Commissioner paid to the state of North Dakota? Can't be true. Those two statements are mutually exclusive. The people saying them know better, which is why they are lying. Now, what Democrats like to do is they like to pretend that we should only focus on that reduction from 11.5% to 10% on the top rate and ignore the repeal of, of, of the trigger exemption. Schneider actually writes, I quote, they are two separate issues. And I would argue that they are not. Now, Nathiel, when I get back, I want to do a thought exercise with you to illustrate why that point is true. Love to hear what you think. 701 970 9329 email talk at wday.com. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away.
2: Yeah.
0: Welcome back, Rob Report here on 970 WDAY. Email talk at WDAY.com. 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. All right, Natal, so the former Senate Minority Leader in a letter to the editor is accusing me of, of spinning the oil tax issue like a rusty merry-go-round, uh, which I am not. I have explained that what Republicans passed in 2015, what Democrats are calling a tax cut for big oil, or however they're putting it, uh, was a reduction in the top rate from 11.5% to 10%, with the elimination of a tax trigger... which which effectively eliminated the extraction tax when oil prices are below a certain level. That trigger would have been in place from January of 2016 to present. And because of that, we have collected roughly $600 million in additional revenue. Now, Democrats call that a tax cut. They say it's contributing to the current budget problems. I say they are lying, and I am right, because you can't call something which increases tax obligations by $600 million a tax cut. You cannot say it contributed to budget shortfalls when it produced 600 million dollars of additional revenue these are inaccurate things to say now this is a little complicated to understand though this point so i want to walk you through nateel a thought exercise are you ready for this i'm ready you pay the income tax correct yes i hope you pay it (laughs) i don't have have a choice irs turn off your radios (laughs) all right no nateel pays her taxes i'm sure all right so let's imagine for a moment that i said to you nateel I'm going to lower the rate that you pay from, and I'm just going to make up a figure here, from 10% to 9%, okay? Sounds cool. But what I'm also going to do is I am going to get rid of a deduction that you're taking on your income tax. So, I don't know, let's say you're taking a, a big mortgage deduction, okay? Sure. Now, let's say that the net result of those two changes in policy is that you pay more to the federal government. No. Would you like it if I called that a tax cut? No. Would you feel like your taxes had been cut? No. So why should the oil industry feel like their taxes have been cut?
1: I suppose in in some, I suppose the argument that's being made here is that there there was a tax cut because you you did incent you did give me a tax cut in my income tax on the top but, rate. Yeah, but my uh, my deduction for my mortgage, which is a different thing, went away. So I ended up paying more But they're not really different
0: things, though. They're not really, I mean, they both affect what you pay.
1: That's true. The the end result is that I ended up paying more.
0: When you do your income taxes, at the end of it, your accountant or your accounting software or whatever will usually give you something called your effective tax rate, correct? And what that essentially means, your effective tax rate, which is different from... I guess sort of the official tax rate for whatever bracket that you fall into your effective tax rate is the percentage that you paid after you took all your deductions and everything. Right. So your, your actual tax rate might be one thing. Your effective tax rate might be something completely different. Well, your effective tax rate is what you actually pay. All right. And so if we do something to change your effective tax rate, that's either a tax increase or a tax decrease. Right, And we can, we can affect that effective tax rate by changing the official rate that you start with or by mucking around with the credits or the deductions or the exemptions or whatever thing, anything else you might get. So that's, I mean, that, that's essentially what happened here. Republicans, Democrats want to tra- treat this like it's two separate things, and it's not. Both policies, both reforms, both changes affect what the oil industry pays. And the net effect was that the oil industry paid more. They paid more at a higher rate than they would have because of what was changed. We got a caller on the line, Corey, what's up?
3: Good afternoon. Yeah. Um I I I know you're absolutely right on this, Rob. It's it, it seems silly to me. But the other point I'd like to make and I know you've made this point before too with um with some people is either way, whether we had this tax cut, tax hike, whatever you want to call it, either way the net effect on the general fund was basically negligible, correct? Yeah. Because only three hundred thousand right. of the extraction tax goes into the general right. fund anyway.
0: So what? Yeah, what Corey's talking about is is the the general fund dollars is the, the amount of oil tax revenue from the from the extraction to production tax that goes into the general fund, which is basically the state's checkbook, when you talk about the legislators making appropriations or whatever, that's generally what they're spending out mm-hmm. of is the general fund. Um, that is capped at $300 million per, per biennium, and that didn't change. Um, we met, even after, even after the oil tax reforms, we met the $300 million. I think we're going to meet the $300 million in the next biennium. Uh, unless, unless oil activity in our state or production or whatever just falls through the floor, we're always going to hit that 300 million because it's a very it's that's it, a relatively small amount of the total revenue that oil the the extraction and production tax produces. Now the rest of that revenue goes into what legislators will often call buckets or special funds or whatever. The legacy fund is one. There, there's a whole bunch of them that I don't need to go through right now. Um, right. So 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 that's another point. Is if Democrats are saying, well, this reform cost us money and caused the budget shortfall, the argument there is, no, that $300 million that the extraction and production tax feeds into the general fund, that never changed. There were still $300 million from the oil production and extraction tax. That didn't change, so good point. Right.
3: If, if If they want to go after something, how about this? Because I'm annoyed with this, and I'll call it the mismanagement of all these funds by the state. Who's ever doing the investing for the state has been doing a horrible job for the past yeah. what? Are you talking decade? about the legacy fund? The, well, all of the funds that they get interest, yeah. including pers, the the interest they're getting on these on these accounts is so small. Especially when you talk ND pers, they're guaranteeing a seven percent or eight percent return. And they're not. hitting and They're it. only getting. Is it nine now? Is uh.
0: Eight? You know, I don't know. I haven't checked out it in a while. Anyway, no, you're right, though. They're only
3: getting a one two percent return on their
0: money. I think, I, I and I don't know if that's a reaction to that big, you know, collapse we had. Where I mean, because they the funds got hit hard in that collapse, and so I don't know if they've just been a lot more conservative lately because they got <laughs> the wrong
3: time to get conservative. At the well.
0: I I I feel you but that's probably a topic for another show. Congressman Kevin Craver coming up next. Thanks for the call Corey 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome back, Holy moly. Hello, frog frogs in my throat. In
1: my knot. Woo.
0: All right. I got that cleared out. Welcome back to the Rob Report here on 970 WDAY. Your call in number is 701 293 9000 709 329 Email talk at wday.com. We are uh, waiting for Congressman Kramer to uh, call in. Sometimes, you know, we do this. We do this every week, and sometimes, if he's got votes or something going on, we, he gets a little bit delayed. So, uh, hoping to have him on here shortly. Uh, we will certainly waiting for that phone call. I wanted to talk with him, of course, about what's going on in Washington D.C. and and listen. The thing I'm hearing from Republicans on on all this stuff with Trump, on the, the Comey thing, on the Russians thing. What they're all saying, first of all, what they're saying is, let's wait and get all the facts, and I think that's fair. Um, unfortunately, we have seen the media get ahead of themselves a lot with Donald Trump, so I think it's fair to let's let the facts come in. You know, especially when a lot of this stuff, you know, hasn't really been substantiated. For instance, the New York Times report on the Comey memo, which is the memo that that former FBI director James Comey apparently wrote. Uh, for his files, or I, I guess wrote just to document his dinner conversation with President Trump, you know, said that essentially Trump asked him to, to maybe uh, ease back on the investigation of Michael Flynn. At least that's the insinuation. And the problem is that The New York Times doesn't have the memo. The only thing that they have is an anonymous source uh, that apparently worked with James Comey that read it to one of their reporters over the phone or read excerpts from it over the phone. So they don't know the full contents of the memo. They don't have the memo. We don't even have the name of the person who read them the memo. And while I'm not necessarily discounting it, while the report is extremely troubling, while I feel like there should be follow-up on it, that's not conclusive. Especially coming from a press corps, which, I'm sorry, hates Trump. So we got to wait. And I, I think that's fine. But the other thing that Republicans keep saying is they keep saying, well, it's it's just the media the media hates Trump or it's it's the leaks or it's it's whatever else. And we have the congressman on the line. Kevin, how's it going? It's going.
2: It's going very well. Thank you, Rob. How are you?
0: Well, good. Uh, well, doing pretty good. It's chaos over there in Washington D.C. right now. <laughs> is it okay? And, uh, and what I what I want to what I want to lead off asking you is sure. what is going on with I mean, wh- where are we at? Because I'm I'm going to ask you about James Comey, and I have mm-hmm. a feeling that you're going to tell me that the media is out to get the president, and that the you know there's there's a political conspiracy. Is there nothing about Trump's handling of this that that worries you? Because I I, I don't I don't necessarily want to dismiss those other points because I think the right. media is hostile. Right. I think right. I think I think there is a a political conspiracy out to get or or, or to damage President Trump or to undermine right. his presidency. But is there? What I guess what I want from you is there any part of this of, of all of this that bothers you?
2: Yeah. Well, well, what bothers me the most, if if you're looking for uh, me to tell you what's bothering me about the the White House right now. What bothers me the most is that they is the lack of discipline in their own communication shop. For example, um, he, he, and I, by the way, I think it's 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 a problem similar to the media as itself. You know, the New York Times gets it uh, has evidently unnamed sources that make these claims and so they run with the story and or the Washington Post does the same they run with the story and that becomes the source for everyone else is an unnamed source named by uh, you know very liberal media, and that's not to say that there's not true it's just to say we don't know that it's true and and the problem then in the in the Trump White House that I see is that there's an in a sense that there needs to be an immediate response, and that that response should be whatever you know is on top of someone's mind and and uh and there's al it's always starts with a denial and it that may be true as well so what frustrates me the most about the the, the White House was that there i don't think they need to have these Impulsive responses. I think they need to get everybody together, gather the facts, get the truth, give the the right, complete answer right up front, so that they don't have to have a clarifying answer later. And um, and then I think that they could do their best to calm things down. So to your point, do I think that the media is out to get Donald Trump? I don't think there's any question about that. They always were. They still are. They 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 were invested heavily in him not winning. He did win, uh, and and you know they will take any little thing and make it huge just as an example this current situation with you know the comey investigation and this quote memo that uh, that they claim they had that somebody has and yet and they're talking about uh, impeachable offenses they're talking about you know comparing it to nixon they're talking ab- about uh, obstruction of justice and none of this stuff is at least what we know about it at this point and even what they're accusing him of is close to what Nixon did which you know it, by some standards some people say that's a pretty low bar that congressman
0: bad. that's that's a pretty low bar though i mean saying he's not nixon
2: is i mean i
0: okay. don't know I mean,
2: yeah. but 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 they're talking about impeachable they're they're the ones drawing the comparisons right so okay. the, the, the the media keeps drawing these comparisons you know nixon ordered Haldeman to have the CIA request that the FBI drop a criminal investigation, Donald Trump's not being accused of that, and nobody, nobody with any with, with with a name so far has corroborated it. So again, I'm not saying I don't know whether it's true or not, but I'm saying there's not enough. To, to impeach him over to start talking that way and that that's the part i mean is this hyper ventilation this super sensitivity this uh dramatization that exists in the media today it, it, that that causes them to leap to these conclusions before they know whether it's true or not
0: i mean does trump deserve some blame though because you i mean you you're you're saying you know obviously the communication shop and and i mm-hmm. agree with that i mean a lot of times it seems like you know, we'll get a press release or something, and it'll say one thing, and then the president's tweeting, and that's saying something else, and it is really hard to discern right. where we go with this. Right. But, but I mean, in the Trump's actual handling of policy, why invite the Russians into the Oval Office after firing the FBI director? I mean, why put yourself in that position? Do you, do you see that? Yeah. I mean, is that wise on his yeah. part?
2: Okay, so no, is it wise? I don't think it is wise because because there are a whole bunch of people that are looking for these opportunities to, who deal in appearances but robbie there used to be a day when the media when the news media didn't deal in appearances they dealt in reality they dealt in facts i mean er, when you look at everything that he's done including having the russians in uh... the white house to talk about our joint interest in fighting terrorism fighting isis um... N- nobody would question that uh, uh, of, a, of a different president certainly not the previous president um, it, but they question with him, and they, they, they say Russia, and that must mean that he, they, they helped him win the election and he was complicit in it. And so they're drawing these lines. And no, should he invite it? No. Like I always say, you know, giving the middle finger to the police officer isn't a good idea, even if even if you're not guilty of anything. Um, So you don't need to invite these types of things. But he isn't like the rest of us. He doesn't go by the same rules as the as the the traditions. And that's part of why he got elected. But at the same time, I agree, it's unnecessary. And even if it's innocent, it's not uh, it invites trouble that's that's not necessary.
0: We got a caller, Nick. You're on with the congressman. What's up, Nick?
3: Hey, Nick. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, I, I, here's what I don't understand about that approach, Congressman Kramer, Since you know you're in a position to to make a difference from North Dakota, it's obvious that uh, a Republican Congress and White House isn't able to govern with this Russia question hanging over them. Um, I know you've said multiple platforms, multiple places that there's nothing to it but it, so if that's true there's nothing there why not call for an independent prosecutor to investigate it and then you can address this question and get on with governing
2: yeah so so nick raises the next point and i think there are some members of congress who would like to get this monkey off of our backs if you will and put it on the backs of an independent counsel only but but all that does is, is it it only demonstrates further hyperventilation. There is a process for dealing with this. It's called the House Intelligence Committee, the Senate Intelligence Committee, the Oversight Government Reform Committee, it's the FBI, they're all doing their diligence as they're supposed to. And to elevate something that doesn't deserve that level of elevation prematurely only plays into that argument. There's no reason for us not to be able to govern. I mean, there there are hearings this week on tax reform, beginning this week. There are hearings again next week on tax reform, comprehensive tax reform. We continue to do our work, but but there are so many others wrapped up in this. And by the way, when you get outside of this bubble known as the you know, Potomac River, uh, it's not nearly as interesting to people, has been my observation. Uh, and so, again, yeah. I'm, not, I'm just not going to fall for these, the the, the uh, soap opera aspects of this. There's a process to go through. If they, people do it diligently, um, they'll get to the truth eventually, and, and that will determine what... What if any next steps are required what what do you feel I mean because obviously you,
0: you're there to govern right mm-hmm. and, and I I tell you what when 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 we do our yep. weekly segment I would sure as hell like to talk about policy for change instead mm-hmm. of Donald Trump but it just feels like this dominates everything <laughs> yeah um, and it's I and, and it's I mean it's not if, if he really did some of the things he's being accused of and I don't I don't know I, I agree with you that well we haven't passed a threshold that that convinced me that he did do him but the accusations are there, and they keep coming. I mean, is there a point at which you just wish Trump would would, would just get down to business and, and, and govern? And, and I, yeah, think, yeah, I think I, Senator I, I Majority Leader Mitch McConnell as well.
2: I wish he would ignore th- this this soap opera and be about the business and not respond to things that, that are this – that are like this. And just say, listen, my – you know, the oversight committees and the intelligence committees, the FBI are doing their work. My team is on it. We're going to talk about tax." Policy. We're going to talk about you know keeping America safe. We're going to talk about job creation, and and that's he'll be got judged elected. based on the results of those policies. If that's what he do. So to your point, it gets back to sort of my communication discipline point. I think it, be, it becomes more of an unnecessary d- distraction by the way they respond to it. Um, at the same time, he is very accessible. He, that is again, this is one of the reasons that, that people like him. Um, but that but that access can of course become your enemy as well as your friend. As sometimes even I have learned right. So. So, um, but remember, we choose to talk about what we want to talk about, and we could be talking about tax reform or, um, you know, healthcare policy instead of this. But it's it's captures the imagination of, uh, you know, of the uh, the media. Seven zero one two
0: nine three nine thousand. If you want to call in, eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Email talk at WDAY.com. Um, is, is is there a point at which? Is there some threshold that you're looking for at which you would think is that the previous caller asked about a special
2: prosecutor? Is mm-hmm. there is there a point at which you would think that would be appropriate? I would think that it would be appropriate if the if the committees of jurisdiction, after their investigations, including the you know they have subpoena power, they have. You you, you, remember we have included in this investigation is we have the possible surveillance of the Trump administration during transition by the Obama administration. There's a lot of things that I want to get the answers to. Um, You know whether Jim Comey actually did was writing memos and witnessed impeachable offenses but didn't do anything about it when he was the head cop you know the, 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 there are serious questions here that need to be addressed but i think that that's why we have these committees that have this jurisdiction and have this expertise and have these extra powers and if they came back with evidence and said you know we we think that we should turn this over to a independent counsel or special prosecutor then i would trust uh, i trust the leadership on that but um I'm, sure. What I don't want to do is get myself all wrapped up in it, because I've got plenty of plenty of other legislating to do that's important.
0: Well, we got a caller, Kathy. What's up, Kathy?
2: Hey, Kathy.
1: Congressman Kramer, just, when are we going to get down to business? Because I am so sick of listening to all this drama every day that it'd be nice to to get a win and start getting health care mm-hmm. done, get tax reform done. What would be a good time frame?
2: Yeah. No, g- great question, Kathy. And, and I feel your frustration. Only the one thing I would say is that a lot of that is being done. I mean, we did pass the American Health Care Act. We we are beginning this week the the, um, the hearings on comprehensive tax reform. We are working on you know energy legislation, regulatory legislation. Even the Senate passed out five bills today uh, out of committee on regulatory reform, and so that work continues on. But it get, comes down to what's getting all the attention. And I'm I'm telling you, you could talk about public policy all day long to the to the news media here in the Capitol and they are more interested in the soap opera. It's really quite remarkable. It's, it's, it sucks. But a in, lot their, of but the in their defense, I mean, Trump, Trump's air baiting air them too.
0: I mean, he, you, you can't uh, tell no me. Trump, he's, no. he's not a stupid man inviting no. the Russians to the Oval Office the day after you fire the FBI director. You got to know how that plays.
2: Right. I, I agree, Rob. I think, I think that, um, he is sort of doubling down on the bully, if you will, you know, punching the bully back harder than they punch you. That may work in certain circumstances and situations. It's not very productive in this one. I don't disagree with that at all. And so, to some degree, yeah, he does bait them. I will be honest. I mean, he oftentimes gets the best of them in the long run too when when he does that. But it's still not very productive. And and I don't want it to be a distraction. And I try hard not to let it be a distraction. Frankly, to me and to my work, I just yeah, you know, we got have another.
0: We got another caller, Camber. we well sneaky, and we got about a minute left, Camber. And what's up,
2: hey, Camber? Good afternoon, Congressman. Let's uh, talk tax policy. Let's talk about tax reform very swiftly. <laughs> uh,
3: the, the federal deficit uh, last fiscal year ex- or exceeded a trillion dollars by a substantial amount, um, and has for the last seven years. Uh, the tax reform that is currently being put before the House. Uh, is it going to address the huge expansion of government debt to bring it under control?
0: we got about, got about
2: 30 seconds yeah, it's to got, answer, it's Congressman. A pl- it's got about a plus trillion dollar um, revenue com- uh, component to it, Cam, and Interestingly, though, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell just said anything that comes to the Senate has to be revenue neutral. So it doesn't, it doesn't address spending because tax policy doesn't address spending. But on the tax side, it does generate a lot more revenue without raising taxes. Uh, it just it, it shifts more burden on you know the global side of things. So, yes, it does. But, again, the Senate has said it has to be revenue neutral. So that's, that's one of our current challenges.
0: Well, Kevin, thank, thanks for the time today, and hopefully next week... Uh... Hopefully next week it will all be policy. Sure it will. Okay. Thanks, Rob. Always a pleasure. Thank you. We'll be right back and wrap up the show right after this. This is the Rob Report. Don't go away. Welcome back. Rob Report here on 970 WDAY. Not a lot of time left because we went a little long in the last segment. Had to get all those phone calls in for the congressman. Senator John Hovitt joins us on the program tomorrow. Remember, you can always catch me here Monday to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at SayAnythingBlog.com. Nathiel, thanks. It's
1: been a good day. I'm looking forward to having Senator Hovind on tomorrow.
0: Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. All right, Jay Thomas Show coming up next. Stay tuned.
2: Stay tuned.